This episode is brought to you by Vonage. With Vonage Video API, your developers can easily create custom video experiences tailored to your business. Enhance every conversation with live video, whether it's delivering faster tech support, improving customer service, or enabling interactive meetings and events. Unlock the true video potential of your business. Discover how at Vonage.com. The Supreme Court is now in session, and it's going to be a big term. This is uh, really shaping up to be one of the most important terms of the 21st century. The court is taking up a lot of controversial issues. They include abortion rights. They include some fundamental criminal justice questions. They include some of the most polarizing immigration issues that have uh, arisen in recent years. We have a case involving the Second Amendment and access to firearms. It's uh, really a term that has a lot of the issues that have both legal and political resonance. Tomorrow, the justices will be hearing a set of cases on another major issue, gay and transgender rights. In more than half of U.S. states, it's legal for a private company to fire someone for their sexual orientation or gender identity. But tomorrow's cases before the Supreme Court are challenging that. Today on the show, how that challenge rests on the definition of one word written in the 1960s. Welcome to The Journal, our show about money, business, and power. I'm Kate Leinbaugh. And I'm Ryan Knudsen. It's Monday, October 7th. In 2010, a skydiving instructor named Donald Zarda made a comment that kicked off one of the central cases being heard tomorrow. He worked for a company called Altitude Express, and his job was uh, jumping out of planes and teaching people how to do that. Jess Braven covers the Supreme Court. The incident that led to him being fired, he alleged, was that uh, he told a, a female customer who he was going to have to hold, you know, physically while jumping out of the airplane, not to worry that he was gay. And I think he meant to put her at ease. There wasn't going to be anything inappropriate going on. He wasn't in any way attracted to her. Mm -hmm. uh, she, however, was not comforted by this news, got back to the employer, and the employer fired Mr. Zarda. Now, there's some dispute about whether the uh, employer said it was uh, firing him for other reasons, but in any event, they said if they did fire him because he was gay, well, they could do that anyway. The case has been making its way through the courts since then. Donald Zarda died in a base jumping accident in 2014, but his sister is carrying on the case. It went to an appeals court that ruled in Zarda's favor, and it has since been bundled with another similar case— both are before the Supreme Court tomorrow. And they hinge on the wording of one particular law, a law from 1964. Congress passes the most sweeping civil rights bill ever to be written into the law. When the Civil Rights Act passed, it created new protections for race, religion, and sex, and put limits on what companies can fire people for. An employer can fire someone or otherwise discipline them for really any reason. Like, they don't like them. They don't think they're funny. They don't like uh, their haircut. They don't like the way they dress. That's fine. You can't fire them because they're Black or because they're Muslim or because they're white. And you can't fire them because of sex. Sex. The entire case of Zarda v. Altitude Express is about that word. The question is whether 
the definition of sex under the Civil Rights Act of 1964, Title VII, whether that definition intrinsically prohibits discrimination based on sexual orientation or gender identity. That's what this is about. It's a fascinating question because there's really little doubt that the Congress back in 64 did not have uh, protection of uh, gay and lesbian employees at the forefront uh, of its concerns. It was thinking about really discrimination against women in the workplace. For decades, courts reinforced this idea that when the law referred to sex, it was about male versus female. But when Zarda brought his case against Altitude Express, one of the courts that heard the case started to consider that word sex in a new light. We have a federal appeals court in New York, the Second Circuit, that reversed its own precedent to conclude that you cannot discriminate against people based on sexual orientation without also necessarily discriminating against them on the basis of sex. Sexual orientation cannot be separated from sex. That is almost an incident of of sex, and, and there's no way you could somehow protect people from discrimination based on sex and yet exclude those who uh, were being fired because of their sexual orientation. And Zarda's case is just one on tomorrow's docket that centers on this question about the meaning of sex. Another case is looking at the same law. The plaintiff in that case a funeral home director in Michigan. That employee was transitioning to becoming a woman and now presents as a woman under the name Amy Stevens. Amy Stevens informed her employer that she was transgender and was going to present as a woman. And the employer, uh, Harris Funeral Homes, responded by firing her. And here, the argument that Amy Stevens raises is that she is being fired, being discriminated against, because she does not conform to the stereotype expected of her sex at birth, which was male. So those are the cases being argued tomorrow, both focused on the Civil Rights Act of 1964. What the court might say 55 years later. That's after the break. This episode is brought to you by ServiceNow, the AI platform for business transformation. AI is only as powerful as the platform it's built into. Enter ServiceNow. It puts AI to work for people, for employees, for developers, and even your customers, removing frustration and supercharging productivity. On our intelligent platform, AI isn't just a promise. It's happening today. That's why the world works with ServiceNow. Tap the banner to learn more or visit servicenow.com slash AI for people. This episode is brought to you by Natrol. Natrol is America's number one drug-free sleep aid brand, helping you fall asleep faster and stay asleep longer. Natrol melatonin gummies are made with clean ingredients, like 99% pure melatonin, to work with your sleep cycle, helping you sleep better, making the next day your best day. Natrol. Sleep tonight, live tomorrow. Shop now at natrol.com. This product helps with occasional sleeplessness. These statements have not been evaluated by the FDA. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent diseases. Welcome back. Jess Braven will be at the Supreme Court tomorrow to hear the arguments over the definition of sex. And he'll be watching the way the justices on the court will be responding. 
most observers say that there probably are four votes from the left wing of the court already sympathetic to the employees in these cases. And so the question is whether one or more of the conservative justices who form a majority is going to be persuaded by the arguments that the employees raise. Of those conservative justices, there will be two in particular that Jess will be focused on. The first is Brett Kavanaugh. And that's because he succeeded Justice Anthony Kennedy. Justice Kennedy, over uh, 20 years, was the force behind the Supreme Court's aggressive move to codify and and, uh, protect gay rights. Uh, He has now retired. His successor, Justice Kavanaugh, did clerk for Justice Kennedy uh, in the 1990s. But we don't really know how he is going to approach uh, this issue, which uh, is really one of the uh, legacies of his mentor. The other justice is the chief justice, John Roberts. Roberts dissented in the 2015 case that granted same-sex couples the right to marry. In fact, most of the time he's been on the court, he's voted against expanding gay rights. But... This is a little bit different than the prior cases, which were based largely on constitutional grounds. Here he's looking at interpreting a federal statute that Congress wrote. So there are some reasons that may suggest that he might be more open to the employee argument here than he was in other gay rights cases. And also, uh, you know, his concern about the institutional credibility of the Supreme Court and uh, perhaps uh, an interest in not being seen as out of the public mainstream may also be uh, relevant to him. He is someone concerned often about the attitudes of the the business community. Uh, He's often very sympathetic to what business wants and businesses' interest in, in uniformity. What are businesses interested in when it comes to these cases? You know, it's very interesting to see who is on whose side in these cases, because we have backing the employees a wide swath of corporate America. More than 200 companies signed a brief supporting the employees. These include major corporations like Nike, Comcast, Coca-Cola, General Motors, and Apple. Lots and lots of big businesses and other institutions that employ a lot of people are taking a position that, in some ways, is really against their own interests because it will increase the theoretical opportunities for them to get sued for discrimination because that's, of course, what what happens, right? That's what we're talking about. But we have just many, many, many big, big companies saying that they oppose discrimination based on sexual orientation or gender identity. They don't tolerate it, they say, in their workplace, and they want to have a uniform rule that protects all employees, a level playing field, if you will, on employment uh, discrimination law throughout the country. Yeah, that's really interesting because you don't often see big businesses supporting a rule that would potentially open them up to lawsuits. Well, I think it talks about really the way that there has been such a major change in American society's approach to gay rights over the past generation. Their view is that it is in the interests of their business overall, even if they might end up having to fight a few more lawsuits from time to time, that overall their business and their sector or their industry benefits from expanding anti-discrimination law in this way. This matters to them. They Look, they send out press releases when they file these briefs, so they definitely want to be seen as taking this side, and that is an indication of where the American business community believes the American consumer and investor is overall. On the other side, we see 
social conservative groups and some religious groups that are concerned about their moral beliefs being diminished in the eyes of the law. And, and we also see the Trump administration, which is supporting the employers in these cases and takes the view that sexual orientation is simply is not part of the Civil Rights Act. The Supreme Court will make its decision by the end of June. If it rules in favor of the employees, it will effectively extend legal protection in the workplace to gay and transgender people. If it rules against the employees, then the status quo remains, where some states protect gay and transgender workers and others don't. This decision will almost certainly come before July of 2020, just as the presidential election is heating up to the extent that gay rights are important to the electorate or alternatively the concern about uh, recognition of gay rights for, for social conservatives is important in motivating voters. It may have an impact on who ends up in the White House and, and who uh, controls uh, the Congress. That's all for today, Monday, October 7th. The Journal is a co-production of Gimlet and The Wall Street Journal. Thanks for listening. See you tomorrow.